I love that song. Hope everyone had a, a great holiday. Really appreciate everyone's spirit this morning as we worship God with, with great enthusiasm. Ecclesiastes 12. Ecclesiastes 12 is where we're going to be this morning. I know lately I've been jumping around and looking at a lot of passages and many of my sermons lately, so I thought maybe we'd keep it simple this morning. We look at two passages from God's Word. All of God's Word, though, is really great. I mean, it is just awe-inspiring. And as we enter this new year, I want to encourage each other and keep each other encouraged to just dive full head-on in to God's Word. My first question for you guys this morning is where does our optimism come from? We hear people all the time, you know, just say, oh, be happy, be happy. And that's easier said than done. But the Christian life comes with so much joy. God causes and gives us reasons to be optimistic in life. Many people think, you know, optimism is just thinking of a brighter future. But it's so much more than that. Optimism is going beyond just seeing a brighter future. It's seeing the next hour, the next minute, the next second, the very second we're living as brighter. Optimism is seeing a brighter future sooner than later. Optimism is living life knowing that our next moment is going to be okay. Optimism is trusting God because he's given us a life and moments to cherish. And that should be enough for us. One of my family members was complaining. Uh, she's looking forward to Christmas, but you know, she was sad that it was just going to be over like this. Which is ironic because she's one of the most optimistic people I know. She's always happy. She encourages me to keep going and she has a smile on her face no matter what's going on. Let's enjoy every moment that God gives us. Optimism is not you know, just wishful thinking. Optimism is living life knowing that it's good and will continue to be good long after this moment is over because life is so much deeper than ourselves. Our faith, when embedded in God, encourages us to be optimistic in the life that we have. God encourages us to be servants who cherish the blessings of life. Understand, though, that there will be bad times. There will be times when seeing God's you know, work at hand can be hard. Optimism, it takes work. It takes practice. It's not always going to come easy. It's not always going to be smooth. I tell people, oh, I'm a practicing optimist. But sometimes the struggles in life, they, they get in the way. I want to look at Ecclesiastes 12 this morning. I love this book. It's a great book. It shows life for what it is and what it ought to be. God's Word is really filled with optimism all over the Scriptures. And in sometimes the most unlikely places like Ecclesiastes. And as 2020 is coming to a close, we have just a few more days left. As we enter this new year, I want us to be thinking about the optimism God brings to us on a daily basis. Our faith should be in God, not a year. When we hope in a year instead of God, we're let down when that year didn't go the way that we hoped, the way that we wish it would. A year might let us down, but God never will. The dictionary definition of optimism is a feeling or belief that good things will happen in the future, a feeling or belief that what you hope for will happen. As Christians, what do we hope for? I know many of us know this. It's been taught several times. 
The hope in the scriptures is an assurance of God and his promises. When you think about it, that is something to be optimistic about. When we read Ecclesiastes 12, it's remarkable to me how this writer gets this conclusion that we're going to see here in a few moments. But in Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1, it says, Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near of of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. This idea of remembering is very interesting. Often when we're pessimistic, it's because we've forgotten the good things in life. We've forgotten the greatness of God. So when we're worried about the future and what it holds and the bad things that are happening to us right now, instead, we need to be remembering our Creator. Our Creator, no matter where we are in life, whether you know, old or young, sometimes being optimistic is, in a way, taking the past with us into the future. Let's remember the great things our Creator has done for us and for others, knowing that what He did, He can still do, and He can do do so much more. Remember the good things in our life and take it with us into the future. Don't forget them. Now, some might say, well, yeah, what if my life is just filled with horrible things? It's just filled with only bad things. However, that can't be 100% true. Not if we're 100% honest with ourselves. There are times, I guarantee it, where we've smiled. There is a time where we have enjoyed a moment, at least. We should recall those moments that God has given us. As servants of God, there was a time when God changed our life, when he changed it for the better, when we came up out of that water in baptism and put on Christ. God's been there for us. Remembering and being aware of providence and God's interceding hands at work is important. If we're going to be optimistic, we need to do this before the evil days come, as it says there in verse 1. Before we get any older and we experience things that can make us more and more pessimistic. Now, because they will come, there will be bad days that we will experience, and many of us have experienced quite a few of those days in this year. The question is, are we going to tremble at the terrors of this world? Are we going to stand firm in the Lord? With the new year coming, optimism is important to have. Let's continue looking. Look at verses 2 through 7 with me. The writer lists off what these evil days could look like here. And I'm reading from a different version in these verses, just to keep things smooth. But I encourage you guys, follow along with me here. 2 through 7, it says, Before the sun... And the light of the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds disappear after the rain. When those who keep watch over the house begin to tremble and the viral men begin to stoop over and the grinders begin to cease because they grow few and those who look through, look through the windows grow dim and the doors along the street are shut. When the sound of the grinding mill grows low, and one is awakened by the sound of a bird, and all their songs grow faint, and they are afraid of heights and the dangers in the street, the almond blossom grows white, and the grasshopper drags itself along, and the caper berry shrivels up, because man goes to his eternal home, and the mourners go about in the streets, before the silver cord is removed or the golden bowl is broken." or a pitcher is shattered at the well, or the water wheel is broken at the cistern, and the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the life's breath 
returns to God who gave it. Okay, so that's, that's a little dark, it's a little depressing, but a lot of it is familiar. Verse 3, the grinders begin to cease because they grow few. And my mind automatically went to things like unemployment, things that we've, a lot of us have experienced, unfortunately. These are bad, evil days that will come, and these are things and days that God says we will go through if he blesses us with the time. Then in verse 8, what does the preacher say? Your, trans, your translation may say, teacher, but more importantly, what does God say? Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Again, your version might say futile. These are uncommon words. These aren't words that we use on a, on a daily basis. But the point is, is that they're pointless. By vain, God is describing something that is done you know, without any purpose, without any meaning. It's unproductive to be doing them. Does he mean, though, that by saying this, that these days are pointless? God gives us each day. How can that be? The psalmist reminds us in Psalm 118.24, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Surely God is not saying that these days, these bad days are pointless. Bad days, they can help us grow. They can help us be stronger. God used bad days in the past to glorify him. Every day God gives us is a day that we can do great things for his glory. What is pointless, what is vain, is complaining about those days. Approaching these bad, evil days with negativity and being pessimistic about the future. These attitudes are not going to bring about change or a better day for tomorrow. So as we go into the next year, let's not bring the bad of 2020 into 2021. Instead, let's bring the good things that we've learned and grown in. We may have experienced bad things to learn those things, but let's continue with those. Being optimistic is remembering the Creator. Remembering the Creator is putting our hope our optimism, if you will, in a God that has a great future for us. It says there in verse 10, the preacher sought to find words of delight, and uprightly he wrote words of truth. Delight. Things that are delightful are sweet, they're enjoyable. Words of delight should bring us encouragement. God's word is a delight to us. And it should continue to be in the bad times and the good times. I will say this delight, God's truth, God's word, should create in us an attitude of optimism that is delightful to God and to others and those around us. As we finish off this chapter, look at what the writer says in verse 13. He gives the definition of optimism here, what it means to be optimistic as a Christian. The end of the matter... All has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. When I say optimism or being optimistic, I'm not saying we go around being unrealistic, but instead we see the future as positively realistic. Being optimistic as a Christian is fearing God and keeping his commandments. This is what is going to bring positivity and change into our lives no matter where we are in life, young or old. 
Fearing God does not bring about a pessimistic attitude. Keeping his commandments does not create this grim future. Now it may bring about a situation where others disagree with us, and those people may cause a grim moment for us. But God's hope is eternal, and that is something to be optimistic about. When we think of the new year, you know, it's usually a time of goal setting, starting anew, beginning anew, being a better you, a new person, right? We start the new year with resolutions, and we try to start new habits. We try to get rid of old habits. Many people have new year resolutions that they aspire to accomplish. And these resolutions usually tie in with what's important to us in life, maybe even what we dream of, what we wish we had. The new year is a time to think. It's a time to understand what our priorities are. The question is, what does optimism do for our priorities? When we set ourselves up for success, we are prioritizing our life with optimism. If not, then we are begrudgingly ignoring the important aspects of life that might need more attention going into the new year. Setting our priorities straight is important if we're going to be successful for God. God wants us to set our priorities because naturally there are things that are just more important than other things. We've all seen that person that has had their, you know, their priorities messed up a little bit. They choose this thing instead of their family, which could cause you know, destruction for their family and so on. They choose this or that over God because it's easier to watch TV instead of read their Bible, sleep in instead of go to church. Or this one struck home. You know, it's easier to scroll Facebook for an hour, Instagram for an hour, instead of putting your phone down and playing with your kids. God wants to see us set our priorities straight and to do it optimistically. Let's look at another great passage. Colossians 3. Colossians 3. I love this, this book as well. Colossians 3. Let's look at verses 1, 2, and 3. Right off the bat, God tells us in verse 1, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Our priorities are often misled and imbalanced when we seek the things of you know, our flesh and what, and what we want, what our heart wants, and not what God wants for our life. Verses 1 and 2, if you look at those, they're, they're very similar. In a way, they describe this process of prioritizing our life. <coughs> Excuse me. First, we see this idea of, what is it? Seeking. We need to find what's important to us, not by impulse, but by God's word and what he wants. Seeking comes with the process of understanding ourselves, but more importantly, understanding God. What God prioritizes, we should prioritize. Once we have sought these things, things that are from above, things that are of Christ, the question is, now what do we do with them? We set them in our lives. Look at verse 2. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. We place them as a priority. 
we understand that they are important, and we properly configure them into our lives, assessing what needs more time, what needs more effort. When what we set in our life, it often dictates our future, and it motivates us with the things that we do. Our mind, it can be set on this and that. Are we set on God, on what is of Christ? For example, if we set our things, our mind and our hearts on things that are negative, that's going to come out in what we do. Christ is a positive force in our life. He is a God that wants to see us succeed. When seeking the correct priorities and setting them in our life, let's make sure they're from God, that they are of Christ, Christ being a positive force, aligned with things like verse 12, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, can be accomplished with optimism. Verse 4, it says, When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Christ is our life. He is our motivation. He is our source of optimism. How can we put on Christ? How can we be of Christ when we are pessimistic about our situation and the future? We can't. This is Jesus we're talking about. God who lived life as a human so that we will have salvation, so that we may have eternity, hope in him. This is optimistic thinking, and it should come out in our priorities. The question is, who do we seek? Look at verses 5 through 11. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passions, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put, away, put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on a new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here, there is no Greek and Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put to death, verse 1. Put them away, verse 8. Let's not make these things impurity, covetousness, idolatry, wrath, malice. Let's not make them a priority. Instead, we should completely get rid of them. Think about it. Do these things even sound optimistic? I think we say to say no. Why? Because they're not of Christ. What's not of Christ, we put away. We completely just put to death. These things are things that get in the way of us setting godly priorities. They are distractions to us when we're seeking out what's really important in our life. Verse 9, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. These evil things are of ourselves. So as we go in the new year seeking, you know, a better self, let's seek first priorities that make a positive change in our life. Because these things, these bad things, are going to change us for the worse. A pessimistic outlook on life is fueled with anger and wrath. Not by God. Not by Christ. Once we have sought our priorities in life, 
priorities that are of Christ, it will encourage us to be more optimistic, to be more Christ-like. And only then can we set these priorities permanently in our life. Look at verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so that you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs and psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Once these things, these righteous things, that are from above, that are of Christ, are set in our life, then our priorities, they will grow in the future because we fear God and not the things of this world. Once our godly priorities are set, it will automatically spill into our relationships. We'll be able to bear one another's burdens. We'll forgive each other because God has forgiven each other and we'll be able to truly put on our new selves. Promises, and optimism, they come with Christ, not a new year. If these things that are of Christ are set in our life, well then in verse 15, the peace of Christ will rule in your hearts. That is a great blessing. We can be optimistic with our, with our priorities and truly find peace. And with Christ being a part of our life, we'll be able to push forward We'll be able to push forward looking to Jesus as our source of optimism. And in the end, as we go into the new year and we try to keep 2020 behind us, let's not set priorities that are going to keep us stuck in 2020. Let's move forward with optimism, looking to Jesus, our Savior, our Savior who promises us through, through Him, eternity with Him. That should give us optimism for the future. Look at verses 23 through 24. Whatever you do, work heartily. Work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. As we wait for that reward, let's be optimistic to work heartily for the Lord. And by heartily, that means doing it all with our whole heart. Our whole heart being genuine. In everything we do, genuine people and people who care about others are optimistic about their future and the future of others. A heart after God is someone who fears God and keeps his commandments. If this morning you want that optimism, that assurance in life that your soul is sealed for eternity in heaven with Jesus, then Jesus calls us to be baptized in him. Getting rid of that old self, a self that is, in, that is of our own demise, and putting on a new self, a self that is of Christ, so that you can live a life that is Christ-like and feel the peace of God in your hearts. If this is you this morning, and you understand and would like to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, we invite you now to come forward while we stand and we sing.